Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days This representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast I'm your host, Matt Chittam And this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there Who are working hard to get better While balancing running with the rest of their lives I'm so pumped to bring you this episode I'm actually recording this from my hotel room down in Richmond, Virginia, Richmond Marathon this weekend. Man, what a what a great experience this is going to be. I'm going to be running the half, also doing live shows today with Kira D'Amato and Bart Yasso at the Expo. This is going to be so much fun. We're doing something similar at the California International Marathon in three weeks. But today is not about that. Today is about Andrea McKinney and this unbelievable Fail Forward Friday episode. If you haven't heard a Fail Forward Friday episode before, let me tell you, the fail is in quotes. This is for people who experienced... A, uh, a major setback in their running life or just life in general. And then not only did they overcome that, but they reached new heights in their effort to uh, to do so. And it's just, I love these episodes so, so much. All of them actually, in fact, are brought to you by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a company that I have long, I have long used. They're great. They're absolutely fantastic. And basically the idea is it's a blood test company where they measure 43 different biomarkers so that you can optimize what's going on with your own body. And so many of us, you know, you look in the mirror and you think you're, you think you're healthy. You think this, you think that, but ultimately you don't know until you test what's going on for so many people, whether it's vitamin D, ferritin, um, iron levels, hormone levels, so many things that can affect who we are as a person and how successful we are and the energy levels that we have and all this stuff. And it's just so important to measure this regularly. No, not every week or anything, but you know, three times a year, twice a year, getting these results and then optimizing the data. And also this is so individualized, but what may be important for you Maybe a different level for somebody else. And this is why I love Inside Track. I'm actually taking my test next week, which w- which should be really exciting because here I am kind of in the throes of marathon training and I want to see how it's going and then also what I can do better in the future. So go to insidetracker.com forward slash rambling runner or just use code rambling runner and save 25% on all of your purchases today. So feel forward Fridays with Andrea McKinney. Man, Andrea... Oh my goodness. Uh, a little over a month ago, she was gonna she was all set to do the Berlin Marathon and this unbelievable build-up and training cycle, and she was ready to run some crazy travel snafus hit her, but ultimately she got into town, and as you'll hear, the race did not happen for her. She was not able to run in just the, <laughs> the most oddball reason, and it's one of those things where you would just never guess. And you know, flying halfway across the world to then have to sit out a race. Oh, what what a complete bummer. But she bounced back and did so in an incredible way. So I can't wait to talk to Andrea. Before we do, I do have to give one more shout out because, hey man, Black Friday and Christmas season is upon us. It's gift giving time and there's no better gift for a runner. And I mean this so sincerely because I've seen it with my own two eyes than giving the gift of Brio, that's B-R-E-O, their foot massagers, I swear to God, are unbelievable. They are used in our house daily and the houses of our family members. We've given these as gifts to my my uh, my wife's aunt, to my mother-in-law, to you know cousins of ours, and they are absolutely phenomenal. People cannot stop talking about them. They are so happy when we give them as gifts, and it's truly 
amazing. You have to go to Brio.com. That's us.brio. It's B-R-E-O.com. You can save 20% by use code RamblingRunner or just go to us.brio.com forward slash RamblingRunner. Save 20% on some of the best things that you'll ever see. And not only are these foot massagers and, um, you know, like the little mini gun massagers, not only are they really good, but they're really good for runners because we all know how our feet feel. And it's just heaven. It's heaven. Putting your feet in this sucker is so good. So go to us.brio.com and use code RamblingRunner to save 20% before it expires on December 31st. So let's get into it with Andrea McKinney. All right, Andrea McKinney, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. What a fall you've had, man. It's been a little crazy. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh my God. I am so excited to, to chat with you. So you've had an interesting time. So you had you'd, you'd Berlin mm-hmm. on the calendar, which is a race that so many people try to get into, right? Every world marathon major is really exciting and you get these international races. And that was a couple, I was, you know, a few weeks ago. And then you had the Fort Worth Marathon this past weekend. We can dive into why you had both of those on the calendar. Um, so when did Berlin pop up as not only a race that you wanted to do, but also uh, a chance to get in and all of that? So um, after I started running marathons, I decided I wanted to do all the world majors. So. I guess it would have had to have been 2019 when I entered the lottery for Berlin. Um, Or I guess maybe that was 2018. It was, it was for the, no, it was for the, it was 2019 because it was for the 2020 race that I entered the lottery. Um, Didn't really expect to get in just, you know, I'm trying to do all the world majors. So I might as well enter all the lotteries when they come up. Um, I had also at this point had already um, registered for Boston 2020 and I had registered for Chicago 2020. I thought I could do both of those, you know, they're one spring, one's fall, no big deal. And then, you know, just entered Berlin thinking I'm not going to get in. And then I did. So in 2020, I was supposed to do um, Boston, Chicago and Berlin. Of course, they were all canceled. So at that point, I decided um, I had to make a decision about what I wanted to do, you know, in 2021, once we were going to start having those races again. And Chicago gave us an option to defer for the next three years. So that made it really simple. I'll just defer Chicago. I'll wait until Boston's back in the spring and I'll do Berlin. And I thought, you know, I can run a qualifying time at Berlin for the next Boston. It'll all work out great. No big deal. So everything was just everything was mapped out. You're like, this is what's going to happen. So smooth. No issues. Everything was mapped out. It's like, yeah, this is great. So I'm already, I'm getting so many, I have my plans to get so many majors out of the way. I've already ran New York twice. So then after this, I'll just have London and Tokyo. <laughs> so Berlin is supposed to be on Sunday. I, or it was on All right, Sunday. Let me, let, let, let's, 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 let me dive in here. Um, before we get into, into like race day and race week, Berlin stuff, how did training go for you during the, uh, during the pandemic? Obviously you were super pumped because you had a chance to run three world marathon majors that didn't happen. So mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, where were you with running at that point? Once that, once those cancellations came rolling in. So when the cancellations first started, I was devastated. The Boston one was devastating because I had been wanting to run Boston for, you know, ever since I started running since high school cross country, you know, eventually I wanted to run Boston. It was just a huge goal of mine. So when that was canceled, I was devastated. And, you know, first they postponed to September, 
was like, oh man, so that means I'm going to be running three major marathons in the fall. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be hard work, but you know, I'll knock them all out. It'll be fine. Um, and then it was ultimately canceled and that was really upsetting. Um, and I, you know, I just kept training. I had, and then in, let's see, it was June of 2020. I signed up with McCurdy, with James McCurdy. And it was right after he had started the, um, McCurdy mile series. So I started doing those and that was a lot of fun to focus on a shorter distance. Um, I ran the mile in high school and the 1500 and in college and I hated it. I always hated that distance. It's not fun for me. Um, but after, you know, training for marathons, it was really fun to do that short of a distance and running a mile, it's a mile and then you're done. You just run really fast and then you can stop. Um, so that was really fun. And then from there, I decided I wanted to try and PR in the two mile. So uh, James helped me out with that. I ran a two mile on the track and PR'd. And then we tried for a 5K and didn't quite get to my PR, but got close. My PR from college is 1849 and I ran a 1911 on the track. So I got close. Um, and then we, I was going to do... So that was all fall 2020. And then spring, I was going to do a half marathon. Um, and about a month before, I was out doing a run and I rolled my ankle. Mm. So, and pretty bad, pretty bad. I, so what, what were you trail running? Were you coming off a, 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 like a sidewalk? What was the situation? I was on a trail. Not It's not like a hilly trail or anything. There's just a trail in town that has some gravel, and I just hit a rock wrong. Mm. Um, rolled my ankle and fell, like went down hard. So I, you know, rolled over, sat down for a minute, and decided I was going to keep on. So I ran about a mile more. So I was like, you know, it doesn't feel right. So I took my shoe off. Um, looked at it, everything looked fine. So I put my shoe back on and tried to take a step and I couldn't, I couldn't walk. Um, so I had to call my husband to come pick me up and I wasn't able to put any weight on my foot for the next few days. Like I had to help have help getting in the shower. Um, when we went to the doctor, get an x-ray, he had to piggyback me in because I, I could not put any weight on my foot. I thought for sure it was broken. Um, but it just turned out to be a bad strain. I had to take off a few weeks, um, and then, you know, started back really easy. But at the time when it happened in, you know, late March, it didn't seem like it was that big a deal because I, you know, I had to miss out on that half marathon, but it wasn't, it was just going to be something fun. It wasn't like a goal race or anything. Um, thought it was good that it happened when it did. Cause I still had plenty of time to train for Berlin. So let that heal up, started training for Berlin. It was going great. I was it was hot the summer in Oklahoma training. It was so, so hot. Um, it was pretty brutal. But, you is know. It hot? but isn't it hot every summer in Oklahoma training or was this like unusually hot? It is, but it felt it felt so much hotter. I don't know if it was just because I was at marathon training and I was out there for so long, but it, it felt like a brutal, brutal summer. But, you know, I still I did all my workouts and I did them well. I mean, maybe 10 to 15 seconds slower than goal pace whenever I, it was really hot outside, but you know, nothing too terrible. Um, James thought that I could go sub 310 at Berlin easy and my PR was 323. So, you know, that, that was pretty exciting that he thought that I had that potential. When you, when you heard that 
and he vocalized that to you. Was that something that you were already coming around to, to realizing yourself or was that kind of a shock to hear that? I thought that I had a 315 in me. Three, sub 310 was surprising. Um, but, you know, of course I trust him. He was able to help me, you know, run a 531 mile, a 1153 two mile times I didn't think that I had in me. So, you know, I trusted that if he thought I could do that, I could. Um, so I was going in Berlin believing that, you know, I'm going to easily qualify for Boston. It's going to be a huge PR. It's going to be a great day on a fast course. I thought it was going to be, you know, a race of a lifetime <laughs> thus far. Um, and then it didn't, didn't happen. Well, it seemed like before you even got there that there were already some challenges. There were. Um, yeah. So my flight, so I was, was flying Chicago or Oklahoma City to Chicago, Chicago to Munich, Munich to Berlin. So kind of a journey to get there. But my flight from Oklahoma City to Chicago went really well. I, um, you know, had about 40 minutes until my next flight. I was able, you know, to go get something to eat and wait before I was going to get on the plane to Chicago. I was waiting in the boarding area and they tell us, you know, there's something wrong with the plane. We're going to have to delay. So this was at about six o'clock. Um, and then they kept just telling us there's delays and delays and delays. So what it was, was I guess the software and on the computer and the airplane needed to be updated and it just wasn't updating. So they kept having to have different technicians come over and help them update. And it just wasn't taking. So finally by midnight, Six hours later, oh, they gosh. and at, at this point they had been telling us, you know, we don't know if we're going to be able to find another. We'll, we might just try to find another plane. Um, we might be able to get this update. That we we hadn't given up hope yet <laughs> that we weren't going to take off that night. But um, finally, by midnight, they told us that we're gonna, just going to have to cancel the flight. So have to stay in Chicago another night. And this was Thursday, so I was going to be able to get to Berlin at noon on Friday, which is plenty of time for a Sunday race to, you know, get your packet, rest up, have all day Saturday just to relax. So that didn't happen. <laughs> so they give us vouchers for food and hotel. So that part at least is great. But I'm mending up having to be in Berlin a whole day later than I planned. And there weren't flights before 3 p.m., leaving Chicago to go to Germany, 3 p.m. is the earliest. Oh, so you couldn't even like head out first thing in the morning. You were just, you were stuck there for a while. No, there was no first thing in the morning. There was hanging out in Chicago for a whole day. Um, and I guess, you know, there's just sometimes that you're not able to fly into Munich. Um, they don't want it to be too early, I guess, for the noise. Um, so 3 p.m. was the earliest flight out of Chicago. Um, ended up having to go into Frankfurt instead of Munich, but which was fine. So, you know, had my layover in Frankfurt, ended up getting to Berlin about noon on Saturday, which is still time to go get your packet, relax a little bit before the race. It's not ideal. You always want, you know, a day buffer to relax. But right. For so many reasons, right? The jet lag, obviously, like you weren't super rested at this point, I'm assuming. No, I was not super rested. I was not super. I was able to sleep on the plane, at least. But 
it was just stressful. Was, did I see pictures of you foam rolling in, the, in an airport somewhere? Yeah, I did. That was that was in Frankfurt. That was before <laughs> me. I was doing everything I needed to do to stay loose and get ready. I had not lost hope. I was like, this is fine. You know, I'm a day late, but it'll be okay. It's, I, you know, I'm going to sleep as much as I can on the plane. I'm going to go to bed early on Saturday. It'll be great. And then <laughs> I get to Berlin about noon, go to the hotel, check in. My sister had met me there, talked to her for a little bit, and I was going to jog over to the expo, pick up my packet, and, you know, get in my short shakeout. Um, it was, I think, three miles away. I wasn't going very far. I was going to, you know, do a short 30-ish minute shakeout. I get probably, I don't know, less than half a mile from the hotel. I'm not very far. and. I didn't even, there's nothing to trip on. There was nothing. I did, I did, there was no cracks in the sidewalk. There was no rocks. My ankle just turned to the side completely oh, to where the top oh. of my foot was on the ground. Oh God. This is like, she's like shivers going through my body, looking at your hand gestures of what your yeah, ankle did. All the way down. Um, I didn't fall down or anything. It popped right back up, but I heard the people walking behind me go, Ooh, I was like, oh no, <laughs> it must've looked bad. But I, you know, took a few steps and it hurt a little bit, but I was like, I, it, I'm just going to try to jog on a little bit, try to loosen it up. Um, tried that. It still, I can just, still just feel it. Um, I get to the expo and, you know, I'm, I walk, it is, it's kind of a long walk to get all the way. It's a big, you know, major expo for a marathon. So it's, it's kind of a far walk to get to the actual packet pickup and you know you're having to wait in lines and stuff and I'm just you know kind of moving from side to side on each foot to see how it feels and I'm not taking off my shoe because I knew the last time when I rolled my ankle as soon as I took off my shoe after that there was there was no I couldn't walk anymore so I was like I'm just gonna leave my shoe on I'm just gonna feel this out see how it goes and it hurt but it wasn't you know too bad I thought I can probably push through this. If if it stays at this pain level, I can push through this. I can run a marathon. It'll probably hurt after, but you know, I th I think I can manage this. So I still get my packet pickup. Uh, I still pick up my packet, and um, they had put me in a f in the last corral, and I think that was just like a you know an error. So I had to go um, ask someone to put me in a different corral. I just showed them my you know qualifying or my past time, and they moved me up to a higher corral, no problem. Um, still went and bought the the race jacket, you know, thinking I'm, I'm going to want this. I love this attitude. You, 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 at many points in this interview already, you're covering this, I should say conversation. Um, anyway, this conversation already, you have, you have shown your willingness, like your go with the flow willingness. Like this happened, this happened. Then I figured, oh, it's fine. I'll figure it out. Like you've kind of I've said that kind of phrase multiple times already is this something that's you've always had because it's like i'm trying to put myself in your shoes and multiple points over the past year as you're going through it and i'm like i don't know if i would have had that same approach so is this something that you cultivated over time or what, what's what's with that yeah i once i have my mind set that i'm going to do something i just i'm going to do everything i can to do it um i had my first time to europe i had made it this far I knew it was hard to get into Berlin anyways on the lottery. I wasn't going to, you know, waste this chance. 
So I was still, I was going to do everything I could to run this race. Um, so I get my packet, get my jacket, head back to the hotel. I hadn't told anybody what was wrong at all. Um, but you know, I'm there with my sister and she's like, can tell there's something wrong with me. I'm limping at this point. I'm starting to be a little bit distraught that (laughs) I had rolled my ankle the day before this race. Um, and she's like, do you think you should tell your coach? And I was like, well, let me, let me just wait a minute. I don't want to alarm anyone if it's not a big deal. So I go ahead and I take off my shoe and I start trying to walk around the hotel room and I I can't, I can't put weight on my foot. Like, okay, I'm going to put my shoe back on. I'm going to tie it up real tight. (laughs) I'm going to try and jog a little bit and see if it works. I can't. I can't put weight on my foot. It's not It's not like a basketball shoe that's like going over the top of your ankle, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. But I just, you know, was, was trying anything I had. I didn't have any like ace bandage or anything with me, but I had my compression sleeves for my calves. So I put one of those on. Like, I'll just, I'll just compress it. You're just, you're just like grasping at straws right here, right? You're like anything, anything yeah. to make this happen. It's like, Amanda, my sister, can we manifest it? Can we manifest that my ankle's healed? <laughs> like, okay, let's try it. We're just going to believe that the ankle is fine. Now, that would make for a great podcast. Now, this would have been a complete headliner if you had made that work. Yeah, I wish I wish it would have, but it didn't. It didn't. So I, I text my coach and I tell him what happened. And he's like, okay, just ice it. Take some ibuprofen. Try to stay calm. Um, you know, and I, I chat with him a little bit throughout the night. And then um, he texts me and he, he said, you know, just see how it feels in the morning. Whatever decision you make is going to be the right one. So I eat some pasta still, trying to make sure if I can run tomorrow, I'm at least carved up for it. Um, you know, go to bed, wake up, you know, several times throughout the night, just anxious, worried about it. Each time, try to walk on it. Each time, it still feels bad. Um, I got up the morning of the race. Again, tried to put my race shoe on, tied it up tight, tried to jog around the hotel room, and I couldn't do it. Now, was this the same ankle that you had turned in March? Yeah. Same ankle, hurt in the same exact spot. Oh, my God. All right. So here you are. You, you're, you're, you're days away. Right? You're, you're days away from your One home at this point. Because right, you, you left on Thursday. And now left you're like. Left on Thursday. Flew all day. You know, left Chicago Friday at 3. Got to Berlin Saturday at noon. This happened probably 2 p.m. or so on Saturday. I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of time. No, no, you didn't. So here you are, like halfway across the globe at a race that you've been waiting for 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 literally years because of the pandemic postponement. And you have this, you must have been feeling all sorts of things at that point. Oh my gosh. I, I was so emotional when it, I, you know, cried and cried and cried, sat in the shower and cried, laid in bed and cried. Um, I really, I really felt it really let my, let myself feel the emotions. Cause it was devastating. It was, you know, like mourning, mourning the loss of this, this dream I had had for a long time. Um, but it, it was my first time in Europe. My sister, um, and I had planned to be in Berlin a couple of days, then go to Paris and then Rome. So I still had this amazing trip planned out ahead of me. And I, it's my first time in Europe. I mean, it's going to be amazing. I got to I gotta just suck it up and do it. So, you know, we call concierge and they're able to get me an ankle brace. And that helps a little bit, but it's pretty painful. They get me some 
ibuprofen. Um, and luckily, I mean, they have them here too, but the, the scooters that you can rent, you know, on your phone, there's like a, the bird scooters and some other companies. We were able to find those everywhere. So we just rode scooters all around, which honestly, even if my ankle wouldn't have been hurt, I think it would have been the best way to get around Europe because you can get around fast and see a lot of things. So we just, you know, hopped on scooters and made the best of it. But, um, that, that first, that first day when I was supposed to run that race and I couldn't, I was devastated. And I had the chip, um, timer that you have, that you're supposed to return after the race. And if you don't, they're going to charge you. So I still had to go to the race and return that. So that was pretty devastating (laughs) to, you know, see everyone so happy that they had finished the race. They all have their medals. Um, they're all, you know, stumbling around waddling because they just ran a marathon and I'm just there waddling because I rolled my ankle, wasn't able to run this race. I still had to come and return my chip. Um, so that part was pretty upsetting, but I had walked out of the hotel room with my sister and we'd barely made it across the street. And I was like, I guess it's good that I didn't try to, you know, even walk it. And she's like, well, yeah, of course it's good. You didn't try. You barely just made it across the street. So I, I was hurting pretty bad. Oh my God. This is, this is wild. And at least you still got to have a good trip. It wasn't like, you know, you're like, all right, not only can I not run, I can't even walk and I'm crushing around in the sucker, right? And all that. And um, so, you know, at least you were able to make the best of it. But certainly that is, I mean, it would have sucked no matter what race it was. But to be like, I'm in Berlin at a world marathon major. I don't, I don't, you if know, it would have just been like the Oklahoma City race down the street, it wouldn't have been that big a deal because that's, I can do that anytime. Berlin, I can't do any time. You would have been like, all right, we'll, 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 do, a, we'll do a different race. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it would have been like what happened in, the, in March. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was so in March, you know, it took me like three or four weeks for it to heal up. And it took me a while to, you know, I felt like it took me a while to get back into the shape I was in before it got injured. Um, so I was just sure that the same thing. I was sure I was going to be out for a month. And that it was going to take me a long time to get back in shape. Um, but I took off for two weeks. One of those weeks I was in Europe. So, you know, I didn't really notice that I wasn't running because I was doing other things. And then, you know, I had one week at home. And once I was back at home, I started looking up races just to see if there was anything around that I could do. Um, and I found some options, you know, Fort Worth Marathon early November. There's a a Dallas marathon in December and Baton Rouge marathon in January, um, which is where my parents live. So I thought that could be a good option. But then I was talking to my friends about these different options, different marathons coming up. And my friend just mentioned that, you know, the November one would, you could use to qualify for Boston. And I hadn't even thought of that yet. I thought that I had lost my opportunity to qualify for the next Boston. So I just I was just thinking of, you know, something to do to still be able to use my training a little bit. Um, but I wasn't really thinking that I needed to qualify for Boston 2022. So when I realized that, I was like, okay, so that would give me three-ish weeks to train. I think I could probably do that because, I mean, I'm already trained up for Berlin. Just had to take a couple weeks off. Um but I wasn't so sure what my coach would say. I wasn't sure if he would think this was a good idea or not. But I asked him, 
Um, and, you know, he asked me, you know, why, why do you want to do it? And I said, you know, if I run well, I qualify for Boston. And if I don't, at least I tried. And he said, all right, let's do it. So I had one week of pretty easy running and then one week of pretty hard running with some higher mileage runs, a hard, hard 18 mile workout which felt a lot harder than what I'd been doing in the summer. And I think that was just because I had come off, you know, some time off. Um, and, you know, then a taper-ish week, and then it was time for the race. How did your ankle respond? My ankle was fine. Oh. It, my ankle did not take long to heal at all this time. Those two weeks off were all it needed. And I was shocked. I didn't... I might have needed to, but I didn't go to the doctor for x-rays or anything this time. Um, once I was able to walk on it, I was like, hey, this this is good. This is a good sign. Um, I When I first started running, I was worried that it was going to hurt. But the first day back, had no pain at all. And yeah, it was good to go. That is huge. All right. So you're going into the Fort Worth Marathon, which I looked up. So there's 64 people who finished it. So the complete there's opposite more. end of the spectrum. There's more than that. There's 169. In the marathon. Oh, look at that. I don't know. Maybe they maybe, might have maybe updated updated it since then. Oh, you know, because I was looking at like the the certificate that you post that you that you posted. Yeah, so that so, was right after I finished, and they're not everyone oh, finished at that point. Gotcha. Okay. Either way. Still Either not way. the biggest marathon. It's not a big marathon right? not, at all. Not, not a big marathon. So like you're coming, you're doing these world marathon majors, you're going to a much smaller one, uh, which is also is, is you know can be charming and exciting and and, and just it's I wouldn't say either one is better than the other, right? They're just different and can be different experiences. Um, so you're going into that race, your ankle's feeling good, but it really is a um, a very different kind of buildup because you had this great training cycle and then a, then a break and then like a week and a half and then a taper kind of and then a race, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so when you're going into it, what are you thinking about in terms of what you're capable of during that race? I really wasn't sure. I really wasn't sure. I kept thinking, you know, maybe I can pull this off. But there was a big part of me that thought this could be my slowest marathon, which was probably ridiculous. But I just, I wasn't sure. And I was so anxious. I was so anxious going to this race, so stressed that it just wasn't going to work out. And this was my seventh marathon. And out of the seven, or out of the six before, I had qualified for Boston once before. And at each marathon, my goal was always to qualify for Boston. So I knew the feeling of being out on the course and seeing the time that you're trying to run on your watch just go and you're still you're still far away from the finish line and knowing you didn't meet your goal. And I was so worried I was going to have that again. Um, even the day of the race, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But um, I had a really, really amazing support crew. When I had first told my friends that I was thinking about, you know, maybe trying to run another marathon, and that there was this one in November that would help me qualify for Boston. Um, my friend Lisa Braden, who's been on the show before, she went ahead and she booked a hotel room. Um, she's like, just in case we can cancel it if you don't do it. But I'm just gonna go ahead and book it just in case. So I was like, okay, well, at least my friends believe that I can do this. Um, our other friend, Lauren, went with us. Um, 
They drove me down. They made sure I had everything I needed. They had picked out places to be along the course. They had, you know, electrolytes for me on the course, gels, um, you know, anything I could need. And so I had a really support, good support crew with me. And I knew that James wouldn't have let me do this race if he didn't think I could do it. So that helped me a little bit think that I could do it. But still, I had, I had so much doubt that it was just going to go, it wasn't going to go well. And he had given me a really aggressive race plan. We just, we went ahead and we just used the plan we had for Berlin, which, which was fast. It was fast, fast. It was starting out about 735 pace and then going down from there to the last half of the race running low sevens. So when you're going into it, obviously, so obviously pacing a marathon is so vitally important, right? I mean, if you've seen it once, we've seen it a dozen times, and sometimes it's happened to us personally, is you can go out a little too hard, just a little bit, and hold that for about an hour. And, you know, the the, the five to 10 seconds per mile that you gained, all of a sudden you're you're giving back two minutes at a time at at, at miles in the, in the final 10K. So knowing how important these paces are, what was it like for you to have that aggressive race plan that you knew that you could maybe could have done a month previous to this um, going into this race? Like, where did you feel like, all right, like, all right, like, I think I understand where James is coming from, but I'm not feeling it. Like, how how did it work for you in terms of coming to grips with with a plan that you um, ultimately were going to be able to not only like, I guess, succeed with, but also have complete confidence in? So I knew that I could run low sevens. I know I, I knew that was. I, that was my normal marathon training pace. Um, but like when you're doing the training runs, you're running, you know, just a few miles at marathon pace. You're not running 26 miles at marathon pace. So it, it was hard for me to grasp that I was going to be able to hold that pace for that long. But, you know, I trusted the plan. Um, but I was, I was nervous. I was really, I was really nervous that I was just going to bonk and end up having to walk or end up having to quit. And in the race, I still thought that I might have to quit or walk. I didn't, but I didn't, it wasn't until I got to the finish line that I thought, okay, I can do this. (laughs) So what was, so what did the execution look like? So we know what the plan was. What was the execution? The execution, I went out a little bit too fast, not anything too crazy, but you know, five, 10 seconds, a little too fast. Um, that was mostly just going with the crowd and it didn't feel like I was going that fast. And where we were running along the river in Fort Worth, there were some overpasses, some bridges. And every time I got near to those, my GPS would freak out. So I really wasn't quite sure of what I was running all the time. Um, and I had my watch on the auto lap for a mile, but I missed the first one. So I really wasn't sure what my first mile was. Like, I I was like, I think I was close to 735. Wait, did you have it on manual lap? Like, you were supposed to press the button? No, I had it on I had it on auto lap. But I, whenever, you know, it beeps and shows you what your time was. Oh, I, I was just running, not paying attention. Okay. I didn't see what it was. Gotcha. And then when I looked down, I was like, oh, I missed the, I don't know what that was. And at that point, it was like a mile and a quarter. And I'm not, I'm not trying to do math at this point. <laughs> so... So I was like, I, I hope it was close to what I was supposed to be running, but it was, I was supposed to be 735 and it was like 
720. Um, so a, a little bit too fast, but not too bad. But I was surprised at how good and easy that pace felt at the beginning, which which made me feel good because I was still worried that 730, 720s, I was worried that I was going to feel real fast. But it didn't. I, it felt pretty easy um, through about mile 10. And then it started to feel hard. And at mile 10 was when I was supposed to start decreasing pace. And it, I just couldn't. I was I was stuck in those 730, 720s. But I thought, 730, 720s, that's still going to give me like a 315, 316. This will be a pretty good time. So I was like, it's fine. If I can just hold this, we're good to go. Um, and this course was a little bit interesting. We started, it was along the river in Fort Worth. And we started and we had to go all the way down to, I think it was about seven, seven and a half miles and then come all the way back and then go all the way down and come all the way back again. And there was also some construction on the course. So on places where we should have been running on pavement, there was some crushed gravel, which didn't feel very good from going to hard surface to soft surface, but you know, it was okay. Not, not the worst thing. Um, but once I had made it all the way back to mile 13 to where the finish line was, I was like, oh, my God, I have to do that whole thing again to go all the way down this and then come all the way back again at this pace. And it just it started to feel pretty hard. Um, and then I got a pretty bad side stitch at about this time that didn't go away for the rest of the race. And Ooh, we had what? Yeah, it, it stayed the rest of the race. It stayed the rest of the race. Oh my god, I've never heard of such a thing. It got less severe, but it wasn't. It it didn't it didn't go away. So did you have to like have like a certain like? Did you have to do anything with your form to like you know like maybe like if I if I move a little bit this way I can't hurt it or like yeah? There really wasn't too much to do to make it not feel as bad. My friend, Lauren, that was with me, she's a physician's assistant. So she was like, just breathe. Just just try to breathe. Try to loosen it up. So I, I did that, but it's still, it's, I can still feel it the You're whole like, time. Lauren, I've been breathing. I've been breathing I've been the whole breathing. time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was great advice, but it just, I just couldn't, I couldn't get to loosen up. And I think some of it was stress and anxiety. Just, I was, I was tense. Um, but so, I'd gone all the way to the mile 13, then I was headed back all the way down. So, um, and we had had pretty good weather. It was, it started out in the 50s, I believe, and it was going to warm up to the 60s or maybe high 40s into the 60s. So that seemed good. I didn't, I didn't think that was going to get too hot. There wasn't really much wind in the forecast. So I was expecting good weather. And then at about mile 16 or 17, the wind started to pick up like, strong and we're we're doing a we're going straight down one direction and coming back so we're running into the wind for a while um and then it got hot the sun was out i i don't know what the temperature was but it felt it felt a lot higher than 60 um and like i felt my face at one point and i was just so 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 salty and i didn't really feel like i was sweating anymore i just had like you know salt stuck to my face you know that feeling Oh, yeah. So I just wasn't wasn't feeling too great, but got to the turnaround, headed back. At this point, there was, you know, six miles to go, I think. 
I think that was probably about mile 20 when we turned around. Um, I can't remember exactly. It's, it's hard to keep track of all that, <laughs> but, um, you know, and still at this point with six to go, I still wasn't sure if I was going to make it. Um, when, when the wind picked up and it got hot, I kept thinking, you know, I could just drop out right now. We could just go get breakfast. My friends wouldn't care. They're going to support me no matter what. No one knows about that. I'm, I didn't even tell people that I was really doing this race besides my close friends. I was like, there's nobody really knows I'm doing this. It doesn't matter. Um, so let me ask you, because you're, you're in this situation, you're finally getting to race. You are, you're, you're but it's, it's a hard day. The whole fall has not gone the way that you wanted to, not the whole fall, but the past month has not gone the way you wanted to. Those, those crucial last 10 K, you know, the last six miles of a marathon, it can just be such a grueling experience, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. So what were you able to do mentally to stay in the game? And where and did you draw on previous marathon experiences to either help you in that effort or maybe say, hey, I've, I've given in before and this is what it felt like and this isn't what I want to do again? Yeah, there was that. I, there was I've, I've never dropped out of a marathon. I've Every marathon I've tried, I've finished. Even my first one, I pulled my hamstring like 200 meters in. 200 meters into the race? Yeah. It was awful. I, I had over I had overtrained for it. It was bad. But yeah, I wasn't gonna give up. So you didn't even get to the point two. You you did a you did a twenty six point one injured? Injured. Injured. I was in bad shape. And I walked a lot of a lot of that. But you know, knowing that I could do that and still finish, that that gave me some hope. But I just I didn't want it to be another race where I didn't hit my goal. So at that point when I was feeling as bad as I was around mile 20, the side stitch, the heat, the wind, I was just, you know, I was kind of thinking it might be better to just drop out now instead of missing my goal. But at that point, there's only six miles to go. I started doing a little bit of math and realized that if I could just hold on to, if I could just be a little under eight minute pace, I could PR. I was like, okay, well, eight minute pace. I can do that. It's a lot slower than the time that I was trying to run. It's a minute slower than the mile pace that I was trying to run. But if I can just hold that, I can at least a PR and that would be a BQ. So I just kept going and I was a little bit under eight minutes, not very much. Um, there were three miles in there. I think mile 20 through 23 where I was, uh, under, or I was a little bit over eight minutes. Um, but I was able to pick it up just a tiny bit, not very much. But I made it to the finish line and still up up until the finish line, I still wasn't sure if I was going to make it. I still kept thinking, you know, I might just stop now. I might just have to walk. But I didn't. I didn't walk at all. I kept running and uh, PR'd by a little over two months. That's remarkable. I mean, that, that is that is that is remarkable, and and I can only imagine the, the the flood of feelings that you were experiencing in the last hour of that race. You've, as you just chronicled, you've suffered before in marathons mm-hmm. <laughs> greatly. It sounds like, um, yeah, I don't. I have not had a marathon yet that has gone well, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, so with that being said. You've run a lot of marathons and you want to run a lot more. I do. So what about the marathon is such a draw for you considering all the circumstances that it's presented in the past? It sucks. The training's hard. 
the marathon itself is hard. The leading up to the marathon takes a lot of planning. But the feeling once you're done is so great. And knowing you've accomplished something that's really challenging is just, it's really rewarding. And I do love it. As much as it sucks, I love it. It's quite the dichotomy. It is. That is wild. So what did you, after everything was said and done and you're sitting there, you're relaxing, you got Lisa and Lauren there, you guys are hanging out and just kind of the the emotions of the moment have now dissipated, hopefully into like, you know, a big plate full of burgers and pizza or whatever you happen to be eating. Um, maybe you're plant-based. Maybe, <laughs> maybe those are the things you're eating. But um, when you're having that, that you know, post-race exhale, what, what were the feelings that you experienced uh, in relation to the entire month that had preceded that moment? I felt like I was finally able to breathe. I had been so stressed, you know, even leading up to Berlin, just, you know, having to travel to Europe for the first time. It's the, logistically, it was just kind of, you know, stressful. Um, and then, of course, getting there, not being able to do it, that was stressful. Coming home, being hurt, stressful. Finding a race, not having a, a lot of time to prepare, stressful. Not sure how the race was going to go. Worried that, you know, I was going to put out this effort and still fail short, stressful. So once I finally did it, I felt like I was finally able to just relax. <laughs> it was a pretty great feeling. Well, Andrea, this is quite a story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. And congratulations on a wonderful, a wonderful marathon down in Fort Worth. And I'm, we're just so happy for you. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm excited. I'll get to finally, hopefully, go to Boston. So you is that the next thing, hoping to go there in the spring? Yep. I registered yesterday, so fingers crossed my time's fast enough. Should be. There you go. See, everybody, go out there and register if you haven't done it already, right? Yesterday was the first day, right? Yesterday was the first day? Yesterday was the first day. It's open through the 12th. There you go. All right. So if you're listening to this, it might be the 12th. So hop on <laughs> you your computer <laughs> uh, before it's too late. I'm sure if anybody had it on their radar, they're aware. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. Andrea, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Also, two big shout outs to Inside Tracker and Brio. I love these companies. This is what I'm talking about. I love when we have sponsors that, and this is how it's been the whole time. This is why I love doing the show, is that we have sponsors that are major parts of my own life, which is really exciting, right? Like, I love Inside Tracker. Like I said before, I'm going to be using them within the next week, getting my test, see how I'm doing. Brio, goodness gracious, a day doesn't go by where someone in my family, if not me, uses the Brio foot massager. And if you get one, you will see why extremely quickly. So code Rambling Runner for both of those uh, websites, 25% off Inside Tracker, 20% off at us.brio.com. All the links and the codes are in the, what's it called? Oh my God, my brain, my brain has failed me. They're in the show notes. There it is. Dave, keep that in. People need to know. <laughs> oh, man, this happens all the time. But anyway, we persist. We are going to keep going. You're going to keep going. Fail Forward Friday, the definition of persisting. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. 
Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.